Good morning. We come to the time where we come to God's Word. Uh, very, it's a special time to come around the Word of God. Um, every time I read it, um, I try to uh, just follow the Spirit uh, leading me into truth and uh, what it says and how we're supposed to live. Uh, it's a crazy world out there, isn't it? Um, every time you step outside or even turn on the news, you're like, okay, I don't want to see that, I don't want to hear that, but it's a crazy world. Um, but um, God's Word, um, remembering Jesus and His sacrifice, singing songs of praise help us to focus our minds and our hearts um, to live right in a world that it seems that nobody wants to live right. Um, and Jude talks a lot about uh, how we're supposed to live in a world that's uh, crazy, as I call it. So, can you pray with me? Let's pray as we uh, dive into God's Word. God, thank you so much for today. This morning is a beautiful day because you made it. You've woken us up. Um, you've brought us here, whether it's here or online listening. You've brought us to this time to dive into your word and to learn what you want us to learn from it. God, help us to be led by you. Lead us into your righteousness. Make your path straight before us today, God. You are good, and may you bless this time today. As we come to Jude, help us to understand a little bit better of what Jude encourages us to do in this world today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now today, for me it looks a little different because I don't have my typed up sheet here. I didn't have a computer, so I couldn't type notes, so I have handwritten notes here and there. So if you see me looking in my journal, that's what I'm looking at, just notes I wrote to remind myself of what I want to share with you because God led me in certain areas throughout the 10 days of vacation in Arizona and throughout my couple days in Illinois listening and uh, going to a memorial service and different things. And He's led me to write stuff down and to bring it to you, I think, today, to encourage you and me, myself. Because when we go to God's Word, sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we're like, ah, I don't want to read it today. Or I don't want to know what I need to be doing. I want to live my own life. But when you go to God's Word, especially Jude, he's got some good things to say, encouraging things for us to keep going in a life that seems in a world that seems to be going into ruins. Uh, but Jude encourages us. And one thing I want to remind you of today, remember our theme from the Strive Study Bible on my shelf. I shared it a couple weeks ago, but Jude's theme is, we have been given the responsibility to defend God's truth and pass it on to others. That's what we need to be doing. We've got to pass it on to others. And God's timing to me is just amazing because you go on vacation and then I get home from vacation and I, you know, I, I knew about this memorial service in my hometown for my high school basketball coach and he was much more than my coach. And I went to his memorial service yesterday. 
And I graduated, like I said, 19 years ago, but he wrote a reference of a verse in, in my graduate book about to encourage me. And it was 1 Corinthians 9.24 that says, everybody runs the race for a prize. Run in such a way to gain that prize. I mean, he lived a life that gained the prize. It was a memorial service that celebrated a life that's worth, that was worth lit. How do you say that? <laughs> My words are junk. Worth lived, lived worth, whatever. A worthy life, lived for God. That's what I'm trying to say. To remember this man. He was a great encouragement to me. So I'm glad I had the opportunity to go to that service yesterday. But it's also, tomorrow also is a time for me to remember someone because tomorrow in 2006, right before my birthday, my grandpa died in a car accident. That's tomorrow. So what did I do Saturday morning? I went to his grave site. To remember a life that was worth, worthy of the gospel, worthy of Christ. And on his funeral service, the verse was 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I've finished the race. Even though my grandpa died in a car accident, he finished his race well. He kept the faith. So on the bookend of yesterday, a memorial service for my high school basketball coach, and tomorrow remembering my grandpa, right in the middle is June 5th today. And what does it say on the board? Contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. I was reading in a commentary, and the commentator said this about Jude, but he was talking about origin, and he regarded origins an old church history father of the faith. And he said, he regarded Jude as of but a few verses, yet full of mighty words of heavenly wisdom. And he also said, Christians are to build themselves up in the foundational teachings of the faith, pray, remain faithful to God, and be merciful to others. That's what Jude's about. Contend for the faith. The foundational truth of Christ. Why do we come gather together on a Sunday morning? Why do we do it? To remember Jesus Christ. And like I said two weeks ago, I think I believe that's what it's talking about. There might be many of many different ways to take it, but the faith to me is the foundation of Jesus Christ is my Savior, our Savior, the Savior of the world. That's where we got to start. If we don't build a foundation on Christ, our life will be worthless. Do you agree with that? If we don't build our lives on the teachings of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, the interceding of Christ right now for us at the right hand of the Father, then what are we living for? 
That's what Jude is saying. Contend for the faith. And again, I said it two weeks ago, but I had to look up the word again, contend. I was at our friend's house in Arizona, and on their shelves was three dictionaries, so I took them off the shelf. And I looked up in three different dictionaries the word contend. And you think dictionaries would all be the same, correct? Right? Does a word mean the same thing in every dictionary? No. And I'm like, what? Isn't the word the word? Isn't it what it means? But they all had a different thing. So here's, I forget the three dictionaries. I didn't write them down, the names of them. But here's the three definitions of the word contend from my friend's shelf. The first one, to fight or argue, to compete. Ooh. Do you like to fight? Do you like to argue? Do you like to compete? You should regarding the faith. The next definition, similar but a little different. The first one, to compete, to claim, say with strength. Contend for the faith. Do you go up to somebody and say, Jesus is Savior? Do you know that? Sometimes I don't do that. But do we say that with confidence and say it with strength? Jesus died for everyone. And then the next Dictionary said, struggle, compete, assert. Do we struggle for the faith? Do we contend? Do we compete? Do we fight? Do we argue for the faith? At times I don't. But we should be doing it every day. So contend for the faith. And then, before I left on vacation, I was talking to someone, the person, it's online person, Mary in Panama will get this because I looked up the Spanish. Because she said, it's hard to be in a a community where the Spanish is all around me and it's hard for me to understand what they're talking about. So I looked up the Spanish verse, Jude chapter th- or Jude verse 3, and the word is this. I'm going to say it probably really wrong. Mary, correct me if you're listening later. Lucendo vigorosamente. That's the Spanish word for contend for the faith. And it, in English, it means fighting vigorously. And then I was like, well, what does vigorously mean? So you're going to get the trail here, okay? Because when I did this, it makes you say, am I contending for the faith? And to me, it was like, I'm not doing it like I should. So I looked up vigorous, vigorously. This means, vigorously means in a vigorous manner with force and energy. And then I'm like, oh, I have to look up vigorous. So vigorous means done with vigor, carried out forcefully and energetically, possessing vigor, full of physical or mental strength or active force, strong. And then I had to look up the word vigor. So that means active bodily or mental strength or force. And then you look at contend for the faith. Am I doing it bodily? Am I doing it mentally? Am I doing it forcefully and with strength? Or do you just sit at your desk or your couch and say, I have faith. 
Are we energetically fighting for the faith, contending for the faith? Does that give you a better picture of contending for the faith? And that Spanish word, if you don't know, luchendo, it reminds, luchador. I was a wrestling entertainment. I watched wrestling entertainment a lot as a kid. And you know my favorite matches to watch? Luchadors. The mask ones. Rey Mysterio Jr. If you, if you watch wrestling entertainment as a kid, you know the name probably. Rey Mysterio Jr. Been around a while. But he was a luchador. A mask luchador entertaining people. And those matches, if you watch a luchador match, they were active bodily. They were energetic. They were forcefully doing things that you were like, I don't know how you're doing that in the ring, but you're doing it. That's how we need to be contending for the faith. Getting up, moving around, talking to people, encouraging people, strengthening each other in the faith, contending for the faith. That's what we need to be doing. So that helped me looking at the Spanish definitions and going into the English word and just trailing it down. So I hope that helps and encourages you to go out and contend for the faith because we don't want to sometimes, but we need to be doing it. So let's read together just the verse again. Look what it says. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Remember, Jude wanted to write about the salvation we share. But he had a switch. He, had, he was compelled. He felt it necessary to say, hey, you need to contend for the faith. Because there's a lot of things around you that are going to try to sidetrack you and pull you off the road and path that God wants you to go on. And Jude says, contend for the faith. Be a luchador. If you don't remember anything but that, I think that's going to help you to contend for the faith. And last week, you had this takeaway from the walk through the whole book, the whole book, the whole letter. It says, dear friends, those who have been called, loved by God, kept for Jesus Christ, contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Do you want to finish your race well? Do you? Do you want to finish your race well? My high school basketball coach, Randy McCammick, finished his race well. My grandpa finished his race well. But do you want to finish your race well? If you answer yes, then contend for the faith. If you're like, what's this race you're talking about? You can join. You can say, yeah, I want Jesus to lead me. I want Jesus to be my Savior. You can do that today. We would love that. God would love that. Angels would rejoice for that. And I want, we come to God's Word, and another thing that hit me when I was studying in this little book, my graduate book, it says this. 
It's author unknown, so they don't know who wrote this, but it says, do more than exist, live. Do more than touch, feel. Do more than look, observe. Do more than read, absorb. Do more than hear, listen. Do more than listen, understand. And when I was thinking about contending for the faith, and I was like, how do we do that? What are the practical ways we can do that? I'm going to give you a few. I don't have a specific number because I didn't write them down, so I might keep going and going and remembering things that I've studied. So, number one, it, it's not going to be in a, maybe a nice smooth order, but here you go. Number one, read the Bible. Pick it up, read it. If you don't understand it, keep reading. Keep asking questions to someone and say, what did you think about this verse? I don't understand it. Let's study together. Remember the verse I shared earlier, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. It helps us to live a life and contend for the faith. So read your Bible. If you don't read it, pick it up. If you don't understand it, keep going, keep reading it. Because there's times I don't understand it. So read your Bible. Number two, pray. There's power in prayer. We've seen it in this church, right? We've seen prayers answered. We've seen God say, you, I've heard you and I've answered it. Keep trusting me. Keep praying to me. I missed prayer meeting for two weeks. I missed it. I'm ready to get back into it. I came in this morning 7.30 or I don't know, 7.50. I turned on the baptism light and the cross light and I was like, I'm just going to go down and pray again for the people that are going to be in here and the people online. So I prayed. I said, just lead us, God, into righteousness. Not our own, but yours. So I prayed for us today. So read your Bible. Pray. Number three, I'm a parent, so this one hits more home, but if you have kids or grandkids or anybody, okay, you can do this with friends or family that are not your own kids. You can do this with anybody. Go to Deuteronomy real quick. This is more toward, you know, a family, but we can do it as a church family too. It's... And, you know, I'm physically tired and I can't even find Deuteronomy right now, but that's okay. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Look what, this is a principle I think we need to do more of. So, remember, read your Bible. Pray. And number three, you'll understand it if, when we read this and you hear it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Here's the thing right here. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The principle, I think, is 
Don't just come on Sundays and hear the Word. When you're out there in your, co- in your workplace, in your house, when we're on vacation at the Grand Canyon, when you're fishing, when you're hunting, when you're sleeping even maybe, when you're walking, cooking, whatever you're doing, think about God. Think about His commands. Think about the life we need to be living, contending for the faith. Impress them on your children. Children are a precious thing in the sight of God, aren't they? They're gifts to us as parents, maybe grandparents, aunts, uncles, caregivers. Impress them on your children. I'm going to speak directly to parents right now or grandparents or anybody who has kids running around them on a daily basis. Are we talking about Jesus every day? Whether we're sitting at home, whether we're walking along the road, whether we're lying down when we get up, are we talking to the kids? Are we saying, this is what I want you to hear today. Jesus loves you. He died for you. This happened to me just during the communion service. Beatrice standing right next to me. She's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I told her, I said, this is a remembering. This is Jesus' body hanging on the cross. And this is Jesus' blood. Saved us from our sins. And I kept saying that to her, and she kept asking, like, Jesus bled? I'm like, yes, he did. For you. And I told her that. Are we impressing these commands, these truths on our children every day? We were at the Grand Canyon a few days, and we mentioned God, and look at this creation to our children. Look who did it. Contend for the faith. So read your Bible. Pray. Impress things on family, friends, children especially. And number four, I think is important. Gather together with other believers. We're doing that today, right? And why do we do it? Hebrews I'm not even going to try to go there because I forget the reference, but it's in Hebrews, okay? You gather together to build each other up, to stir each other to do good works. Are we doing that as a church? When we come in these doors, do we say hi to each other? Yes. We see how each other's doing, but do we stir each other to do good works for the kingdom of God. To say, hey, contend for the faith. Or are you contending for the faith even? Are we asking questions, even tough questions like that? And the most important thing, when we gather together, why do we come to gather together? We said it, we've, we've uh, experienced it, we've gathered together to what? To remember Jesus, to remember what he did for us.
And that should spur us on to good works. That should urge us to contend for the faith. And the verse comes back to me. My coach wrote, run the race to receive that prize. And I ask you the question, are you in the race? Are you contending for the faith? Are you saying, Jesus is my Savior, I'm going to fight, I'm going to compete, I'm going to tell people about that? If you need to join that race and to start competing, do that today. The best thing you'll ever do is say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And I want to read something. It's not my own writing. But this will help us. This is a prayer to close our Jude verse 3 today. This is a liturgy for those who compete. I like to compete. If you play games with me, I want to win. But when we contend for the faith, we want to encourage each other to win the prize. So here's what it says. Now, this is geared toward if you're going to a competi- like a real competition, but I think there's principles in here that's going to help us. And I'm going to close with this. And when we're done, we're going to sing a closing hymn. And if you need to join the competition of faith in Jesus Christ, the race that we need to run, do it today. So pray with me as we read this prayer. There are, O Lord, eternal patterns, fragments of the story of redemption etched into our competitions. So let us be shaped by our participation in them. In this active parable of struggle, in this drama of things to be risked and lost or gained, of heroics, of hope defeated and hope resurgent, of wars waged against doubt, and the voices in my own head of struggle against the elements, struggle against the limits of our own strength and endurance and ability, and of struggle against a real opponent who seeks my defeat. For these are each small echoes of the fights that a life of long obedience to Christ might entail. So let the many struggles in this competitive arena serve to form in us a resolve that will spill from the boundaries marked out for this contest and into the ways we live out this life of discipleship with intentionality, focus, ever mindful of the, of the clock and with eyes fixed on the prize, knowing my time, our time here will be brief and therefore our choices will matter. Though our training for this event is physical and mental, may it also serve to shape Christ-like qualities in our spirits, yielding a greater fortitude, endurance, faith, focus, discipline, and intentionality in the ways that I live my life in your service and for your glory, O God. Unto that end, let us strive for excellence in form and execution, training hard, enjoying the abilities of the mind and body you have given us, knowing that even in the strength and grace and beauty and creativity of your creatures at play, 
you take great pleasure. Teach us to be gracious in victory and gracious in defeat. Remembering that in this competitive context, we are first your emissary, a representative of your emerging redemption extended even onto the fields of competition. Let us never love winning more than a love than love those sorry. Let us never love winning more than we love those against whom we compete. Let us care for coaches, teammates, the body of Christ, opponents and spectators, remembering that while the stakes of this game are only temporary, the people around us are eternal. Give us a graciousness to appreciate and to praise the performance of others, even of our opponents. Give us grace to instantly forgive slights, to quickly take responsibility when our own actions or emotions impact others. When we are involved in the escalation of conflict, let us be the first to ask forgiveness. Let us model what is to be one fiercely focused on, and invested in the drama at hand, pushing ourselves always towards the goal, and yet ever extending a humility and graciousness in keeping with my and our status as a servant of Christ. May your spirit be always active in and through us, shaping and sanctifying our hearts, even here in the midst of our competitions. God, thank you for these words and Jude's words of contending for the faith. It is a, we don't see it as a competition, but we need to compete. We need to fight. We need to struggle for the faith. We need to fight for Jesus. Jesus died for us. He was buried and he rose again. He's a living Savior and he's working in people's lives, even right now. I pray that as we sing this last song, that if there's anybody that needs to make some sort of decision today, that you would work in their hearts and minds. Lead them to the throne of grace. Be merciful to them. Help us around them Help us around each other to encourage each other in the faith. To stir each other up to good works. And God, the verse comes to my mind, we can do nothing without you. And the best verse for me, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Whether we're in want or need or when we have plenty, you give us strength to get through those times. We love you. You are good. And you're working. Help us to follow the leading that you want us to go on, the path that you want us to go on. In Jesus' name, amen.